Hello all, and welcome to this episode of No Home for Heroes. No Home for Heroes explores history's military mysteries regarding Americans who are missing in action from our past wars. These long-forgotten MIAs are remembered here. And boy, do we have a wild tale for you today. Today's episode is titled, Misidentified, The Strange Case of Captain Walker. Today's episode of No Home for Heroes is taken from the files of the Chief Rickstone and Family Charitable Foundation. In 1992, as the police chief in Wichita, Kansas, I spent the day with former President Richard Nixon, and I heard this quote, If you can't trust the government, who can you trust? Yeah, that's the same Richard Nixon who history records as the architect of the Watergate cover-up conspiracy. In the aftermath of World War II, and long before we came to routinely question everything that comes out of Washington, D.C., most people simply accepted whatever the government concluded about just about everything, including identifying our sacred war dead. But today, we're going to call into question the validity of that trust. I'm your host, Rick Stone bringing you another great and true story from our vault of history's military mysteries. No Home for Heroes is a trademark production sponsored by the Chief Rickstone and Family Charitable Foundation. For more information on the foundation, visit our website at www.chiefrickstone.com. We invite you to listen to all of our podcasts on Apple Podcasts or whichever podcast or streaming platform that you prefer. We dedicate this episode today to all our loyal listeners in Lebanon, Tennessee, a suburb of Nashville. You will soon have the need for a second homecoming for a local hero you all thought was already home. Listen and learn today about this strange tale of Captain Walker. By all accounts, Edward Glenn Walker Jr was an exceptional individual with a bright future ahead of him. His father was a well-respected judge in Wilson County, Tennessee, and Glenn Jr. was destined for his own law career before a little thing called World War II intervened. At six foot three inches tall and 190 pounds with wavy brown hair, the handsome young walker was hard to miss among his many friends in Lebanon. Actually, Glenn saw the handwriting on the wall when he enlisted in the Marine Corps in 1940. After graduating from Lebanon High School and attending Cumberland University and the University of Tennessee at Knoxville. After one year studying at Harvard Law School, Glenn found himself undergoing officer candidate school in Quantico, Virginia. He graduated as a brand new shiny second lieutenant and was assigned to the headquarters company. 1st Battalion, 2nd Marines in San Diego, California. When the Marines landed on Tulagi Island and Guadalcanal in August 1942, Glenn found himself in the thick of things. He fought in that battle until a Japanese shell exploded nearby on 12 November 1942 and sent him to the base hospital with wounds in his left side, chest, abdomen, and right lower back. Glenn was evacuated to Auckland, New Zealand, where he stayed several months recuperating from his wounds. While recuperating, he received a promotion to captain, 
and he pinned on a Purple Heart medal. On the morning of 20 November 1943, Captain Walker was a 26-year-old commanding officer of Easy Company. That's E Company, 2nd Battalion, 2nd Marines, when his unit attempted to land on Red Beach 1 on Tarawa. The landing craft holding the Marines hung up on a reef over 500 yards from the beach and launched his company into a Japanese meat grinder of concentrated fire. Due to the, top, the topography of the island at their designated landing point, Captain Walker's company received extremely heavy fire from Japanese defenders on both Red Beach 2 and Red Beach 1. And upon landing, the fire increased even more, and many Marines were killed as soon as they attempted to disembark over the sides of their amphibious tractors or wade into the beach from the reef offshore. Their attempt was to make a small coconut log seawall, which was the only cover anywhere in the area. Many Marines in Captain Walker's company and five of their six officers were killed in a fierce battle with Japanese defenders occupying a large bomb crater near the water's edge. The Marine survivors of this brief engagement attempted to attack inland, but were repulsed by heavy fire and were forced to retreat to the bomb crater and dig in while they awaited reinforcements. At this point, Captain Walker's company was reduced to only 15 to 20 Marines who had not been wounded or killed. 61 members of Easy Company, 2nd Battalion, 2nd Marines, were ultimately listed as killed in action, including Captain Walker. 15 members of Easy Company remain unaccounted for to this very day. But, and there is always a but in history's military mysteries, Captain Walker was never one of the missing. You see, after the battle, his body was identified and buried in Cemetery 33 on Tarawa. In 1946, the Army Graves Registration Service, who were designated to recover the bodies and return them home, recovered Captain Walker's body and identified him by two dog tags on the remains. By 1948, Captain Walker lay in the family plot in a private cemetery in Lebanon, Tennessee. He was never on the list of the 94 unknowns from the Battle of Tarawa that I investigated as a member of the Department of Defense in 2011 and 2012. <laughs> Captain Walker simply wasn't missing. By all accounts, he was in Tennessee lying next to his mother, who died in 1967. One case I did investigate was unknown X-198. And frankly, while there were similarities in the biometrics of the remains of X-198 for several of the Tarawa MIAs, the dental profile simply didn't match any of the possible subjects that I was analyzing in my investigation. Five years after my recommendations to exhume and identify all of the Tarawa unknowns, from the Punchbowl Cemetery, X-198 was one of the ones that was exhumed, and X-198 found itself on an examination table in Honolulu, Hawaii. And there, the mystery continued. Sure enough, as I suspected, the dental profile of X-198 did not match any of the missing in action Marines from the battle. But, but, it was a perfect match to a dental chart 
that none of us at the Department of Defense even considered in 2011 because the person killed at Tarawa with the same dental profile had been identified in 1946 and returned home. Well, you guessed it. Captain Edward Glenn Walker Jr. was a perfect biometric and dental match to unknown X-198 when X-198 was finally exhumed from the Punchbowl Cemetery. It was obvious that the remains recovered on Tarawa in 1946 by the American Graves Registration Service had been tragically misidentified. <laughs> and if you think the mystery is solved by comparing the funeral home burial files of whoever was buried in Lebanon, Tennessee in 1948 with the current list of those missing in action from the Battle of Tarawa, you'd be terribly wrong. The dental file of whoever was buried in Lebanon in 1948 doesn't completely match any current MIA. There are plans to return the real Captain Walker to his marked grave in Lebanon, Tennessee in the summer of 2021 and exhume the previously misidentified Captain Walker. Luckily, the final identification will not be made by the infamously inept Defense POW MIA Accounting Agency Laboratory, but samples of the remains of whoever is now buried in Lebanon will be sent for DNA identification by the Armed Forces DNA Identification Laboratory in Dover, Delaware. Only then will we know who was misidentified as Captain Edward Glenn Walker Jr. so very long ago. Thank you for listening to this episode of No Home for Heroes. We hope you've enjoyed today's production, and we invite you to check out our other episodes on Apple Podcasts or whichever podcast platform you like to listen to. No Home for Heroes is featured on just about any podcast site all around the world. We greatly appreciate your comments, and a special link is available for you to contact us on our website at www.chiefrickstone.com. We again thank you for your support of our mission to provide information to the families of missing American servicemen and missing American servicewomen. Every assistance counts, and you do make a difference. Until next time, be careful, be safe, and wishing you fair winds and following seas, I'm your host, Rick Stone, reminding you that poor is the nation that has no heroes, but shameful is the nation that having heroes forgets them.